The way we take care of ourselves is ever evolving. And what we know for sure is that our mind and spirit are linked to our physical body and that our wellness seems to extend into our communities and the planet we all share. It is very, very clear that wellness is interconnected. We love spending time with you to explore and practice the breakthroughs, the insights, and the passions of incredible people helping us all see the world in a whole new light. This is HealthGig. So today on HealthGig, we have someone very special, and that is our own Doro Bush Cook. Just recently, Doro was asked to give a talk at St. Andrew's Episcopal Church in Boca Grande, Florida. And what they asked her to talk about was something that we talk about all the time, and that is the importance of understanding gratitude in our life. Because we know that research shows gratitude isn't just a pleasant feeling. Being grateful can also support greater health, happiness, and wisdom in ourselves and in our communities. So we want to share Doro's speech with all of you, and we want you to hear what she says about gratitude. I very much appreciate the opportunity to share what I've learned in and around health and wellness for the last 20 years. I came to this work by necessity. Life can be and is challenging at times, and I needed tools. In fact, just a little heads up, in a few minutes, I'll be introducing you to one of those tools, which is guided meditation. Many of you I know have already experienced guided meditation, and maybe some of you haven't. I come from a family that has not spent much time in obscurity. (laughs) Growing up with a family in the spotlight has its benefits and its challenges, and my family has been in public life my entire life. John Meacham told me that no other American woman ever lived to see her father and her brother become president. The only other contender was Abigail Adam Smith, whose nickname was Nabby, and she died a decade before her brother became president. And I'm sure glad I lived to see my brother. <laughs> Nevertheless, I was able to keep my private life out of view. But that doesn't mean I escaped the feeling of my family living under a microscope and the effects of living that way for years. Still, life went along, and I started my own family. In my early days as a parent, I began a fast and strong friendship with my sister-in-law, Tricia Riley. Tricia was married to my husband's beloved brother who died from pancreatic cancer just about 10 years ago. We both had four children around the same ages, and eventually we became business partners. It was through her work that I got introduced to the wellness area and began to cultivate an understanding of the importance of mindfulness. Tricia always had an interest in nutrition and well-being. When our children were small, she went through extensive training to be a health coach. I learned from her the importance of taking responsibility for my own health. And in the years we were raising our children, we took regular walks. We discussed all of our problems and all the problems of the world. We didn't solve many of them. But I did notice how calm it made me to spend time in nature and to connect deeply with someone who shared my experience. The more I gleaned from Trisha and her studies, the more curious I got. Our conversation sparked an interest in mindfulness. 
I started slowly, but before long, practicing mindfulness became instrumental in my own life, especially in times of stress. Trisha and I took the conversation we'd been having in the woods and along the Potomac River out into our community. We began talking about nutrition and mindfulness because people were curious. This happened on the sidelines of the soccer field, at church, at meetings, you name it. And we were thrilled to find that people wanted to hear what we had to say. They were hungry for strategies and alternatives to the quick, quick way of life that is in Washington, D.C. and in many other places as well. But what began as a personal passion eventually developed into a business. We started our wellness advisory company, BBNR, over 20 years ago. We've really grown in so many ways since those early days. For the past two decades, we've been inviting experts to our platform to share everything from nutrition to brain health to relationship health to addiction to conscious parenting to aging to mental wellness. We cover anything related to health, which touches all things. We began with individuals and businesses and then started organizing conferences. The first one was our Achieving Optimal Health, which we held annually at Georgetown University, our partner, for a dozen years until pivoting to an online format after 2020. In that same year, we launched a new in-person event called Foundations of Wellbeing that takes place right here in Boca Grande. We held that just a few months ago in November at the Gasparilla Inn. And we love bringing people together to learn and to share, but still we couldn't get enough of learning and wanted to keep sharing outside of these events. So we created a podcast where we interview a new expert each week. It's called Health Gig. And over the years, we've interviewed hundreds of fascinating authors and healers and scientists and artists and public speakers and thinkers. And we've recorded over 400 episodes. We love having these conversations and sharing them with our listeners. Our talks cover a vast array of topics, and we have a deep respect for something called bio-individuality. Each of us is an individual, and we all need different information at different times in our lives. We don't advocate one idea over another or make pronouncements about things everyone should do. In fact, we try to avoid the word should at all. Instead, we offer information for people to take or leave because what might work for me may not work for you. What works at age 20 may not work at age 40 or 60 or 80. What we do know is that it's important to be educated. I'm so grateful to have learned so much from the experts who have been part of our community. And just like so many of the people we reach, I too am a learner on my own path. Today, I want to share with you one facet of my learning that has intrigued me deeply. It's something that has made my life demonstrably better. And the more I learn, the more I want to share this with others. It's one thing that we can all truly benefit from at every point in our lives. And what I'm talking about is gratitude. Every day, I get more and more convinced of its importance for all of us. So many of our speakers at our conferences and guests on Health Gig touch on it in one way or another as having a profound effect on their lives. 
What do we mean by gratitude? The dictionary defines gratitude as the quality of being thankful. So think about that. When we talk about the qualities a person has, we often talk about things like confidence or sense of humor. Well, being thankful is a quality. It's something we possess and can also strengthen. The dictionary also describes gratitude as readiness to show appreciation for and return kindness. I like that it starts with readiness. Gratitude doesn't just mean being capable. Being ready implies you've done some kind of preparation. You're primed for showing appreciation. I like this part because it hints at gratitude being a practice, not just a one-off thing. It's intentional. It requires a foundation that we put effort into. And the payoff is that we can make a positive difference in someone else's life by returning kindness and in our own by truly receiving kindness in the first place. Kindness might be from a person or it might just be that we choose to look upon beauty in nature or art or music with a grateful heart, letting it really nurture us. And I know it sounds simple. We teach our children to say thank you. Our faith traditions encourage a grateful heart. Gratitude may seem like a no-brainer. And yet, when I began an investigation into gratitude, I discovered how powerful it can be and how much room there is for each of us to tap into its power, even if we think it's a value we already hold. The science around gratitude is striking beyond what we might intuitively know is good about gratitude. There's so much research now to back this up. I'll go back to the science and what I've learned about the power of gratitude in a few moments, but I don't want to just talk. I'm a fan of experiential learning. I want you to experience the effects of gratitude. As I mentioned earlier, I want to lead you in a 12-minute guided meditation. And I realize some of you may be groaning inside, thinking you're not good at meditating, or you're worrying you're going to fall asleep, or you just don't want to do it. Well, I understand. And there are probably also some of you out there who are glad to hear this. Maybe meditation is on your daily checklist as a self-care item or even a prescription from your doctor. And you're thinking, well, this part of the talk is an unexpected opportunity to cross that off the list. <laughs> but I suspect that most of you are neutral, and I'd like all of us to approach this meditation as neutrally as we can. Let's just see where it takes us. My intention is, once you've closed your eyes and listened to these words, that you'll feel a sense of calm. But I mostly want you to be open to see where this experience takes you. Our mind is like a parachute. It doesn't work if it's not open. I ask you to try to acknowledge whatever expectations you're holding and just let them go. So what I like to do when I meditate is I like to have my feet flat on the floor and have your back straight enough so that you can breathe deeply and fully but still maintain a comfortable posture. And if you want to, you can place your hands in your lap and just close your eyes and we will begin. 
In this meditation, I'll be bringing your awareness to things in your life that you're grateful for. And just give gratitude the chance to come up naturally. That feeling of appreciation, a recognition, grace, thankfulness, however you want to think about it. And when it comes up, just let yourself sink into the feeling and surrender to it. Just notice how it feels in your body and notice what kind of energy comes from feeling grateful. And if it doesn't come up, that's okay. You don't need to try to make yourself feel it. Just relax into it if you can. to something else, you can always come back to the breath, the in-breath and the out-breath. So let's flash through all aspects of your life that you might be grateful for. And first bring your awareness to your breath. As you inhale and as you exhale, the in-breath and the out-breath, and the fact that each of these breaths gives you life. filling with love and compassion and peace and just flowing back out. Now bring awareness to your eyes that let you see color 
faces, smiles, nature, the sunrise, the sunset, the moon, and the stars. to your ears that beam in sound, music, laughter, the voices of those you love, the silence, the beautiful sounds of life. Bring awareness to your nose that smells the ocean, the scent of sweet perfume, the flowers, the trees, newly cut grass, the aromas that come from the kitchen. kisses and speaks that whispers and sings. and caress and open and close and applaud and squeeze. And to the arms and shoulders that carry and hug and lift and stretch. Bring awareness to your feet, your toes, the gift to wiggle them, transport you, walk, run and dance.
and think too about your tears, your sorrows, the strength that you seem to be able to muster to make it through each day. to see growth and potential in every moment. Now just breathe and feel more grace and ease. Experience the warmth, love, and compassion that gratitude brings into your heart. Now drift your awareness to nurturing relationships in your life, the new ones and the old ones. in your life and your connection to those things that are sweet and loving and honorable and just feel right. And now just breathe and know that when we no longer take life for granted, we can become grateful for everything in our lives. with this poem by Melody Beattie. Gratitude unlocks the fullness of life. It turns what we have into enough and more. It turns denial into acceptance, chaos to order, confusion to clarity. It can turn a meal into a feast, a house into a home, a stranger into a friend. Gratitude makes sense of our past, brings peace for today, and creates a vision for tomorrow. Thank you for indulging me in doing that. And just take a moment to notice how you feel. And fingers crossed, this was a positive experience for you. But it's just one of the tools I use, but I do think it's a powerful one. When we can take the time to really set our intention, it makes so many things fall into place. I find that when we do this meditation, we naturally start to give thanks for small things as they come up, sometimes silently to ourselves, like when we notice a flower or the angle of light coming in through the window. 
and sometimes out loud to people we meet out in the world or to the people we love. I'll close with a few strategies you might want to try if you're looking to shift to a gratitude mindset. First, you can find that meditation that I led earlier and many others on our Health Gig podcast. In fact, we release a new meditation every week. Another strategy that I mentioned was journaling. Some people like to make a list every morning or evening of everything they're grateful for. You might decide to start by jotting down even one thing each day and then maybe increase it to three things. It's nice to look at this on paper in an actual journal or notepad, but you could also just use an app on your phone or email or text yourself. Since connecting with others is such a powerful tool that can induce the flow of endorphins, you might consider enlisting a gratitude friend. You could agree to text one another each day in the morning or evening with your quick list. Maybe something you share will help the other person take stock of their day in a different way. You can also set a goal of saying thank you at least 10 times a day. It could be to other people or to God. If you have children or grandchildren, obviously this is great modeling. Even if you start a meal with grace, you can give thanks to the land where your food was cultivated and the people who harvested it and prepared it. You can also give thanks before bed for things like shelter and warmth and other people. Some people find that these ideas are plenty. Others like to include elements of ritual like lighting a candle or saying a certain prayer. Do what works for you, but whatever you choose, know that you're filling your cup and making a positive difference in the world around you by choosing to cultivate this gratitude outlook. Although difficult circumstances may come your way, and goodness knows there are a lot of challenges in the world, everyone benefits when more of us hold a space for gratitude in our hearts and minds. Thank you. Thank you for joining us on Health Gig. We loved having you with us. We hope you'll tune in again next week. In the meantime, be sure to like and subscribe to this podcast and follow us on healthgigpod.com. I'm Trisha. And I'm Doro. Be well.